0: welcome to the places where we go podcast hello i'm julie
1: and i'm art we're the hosts of the places where we go podcast join us as we share our travel stories we'll tell you about where we've been what we saw and what we did we're always looking for a bit of an adventure
0: sometimes we travel far sometimes we explore the places in our own local backyard wherever we go We'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures
1: this is the places where we go podcast we are back for another episode of the places where we go and after being in europe for most of our episodes last year now we're going to talk about some domestic travel And a very specific type of domestic travel.
0: So a while back, a few years ago, and some previous podcasts, you will hear us talk about RV travel, and some of the process where we were deciding if this was the kind of lifestyle that we wanted. You
1: know, we've had our eye on this for at least a couple of years. A couple of years,
0: Yeah. yeah. So we decided to go for it. So we have now are the proud owners of a recreational vehicle.
1: Yeah, and and I think one of our episodes, we took a trip to the Los Angeles RV show. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to that one, you know that when we left there, we were down to two possible choices. One was a Lance, and I forget the model number. And the other RV vehicle that caught our eye was the Airstream.
0: Yes. Why did we decide to go this route, this RV travel?
1: Yeah, why, Julie? There
0: was, a, <laughs> there was many different reasons. Now, Art grew up very little travel in his family. He took a, a couple European trips. Yeah. And you took a trip up to Sequoia once. You told me about that. I saw some pictures. Mm-hmm. And,
1: in my youth.
0: Yes. And I, I don't think your mother found it quite very enjoyable.
1: I think most of our travel when I was growing up was probably mostly to visit family. Right. So, you know, a couple of trips to Canada to visit family, you know, the trip to Europe to visit family. Mm -hmm. Sequoia would have been like one of the examples of a trip that was actually just to go on vacation for vacation's sake. Mm -hmm. And then there was a whole lot of being carted as a kid to Las Vegas where the parents would do their gambling. Yes, this was uh, the thing. And back in the day, yeah, not not, not the greatest thing for kids. No, no. But anyways.
0: And the opposite side of that for me was coming from a very, very large family where there was always dreams of going places. We went local places, but... Mm -hmm. There was always these dreams of taking these trips. My dad was a big dreamer, Mm -hmm. and he even bought a trailer once. Yes, it
1: it sat in the driveway. never went anywhere.
0: (laughs) Uh, We have a very large family, so I come from a family of, I'm one of 11 children, so it's a little bit hard to throw that many kids into an RV. I bet there's a family that does it somewhere, but we never managed to do it. So... That dream of my dad was always kind of uh, stuck with us kids um, all through the years. And I also was interested in that kind of lifestyle of taking an RV somewhere and going off to some beautiful landscape, a beautiful forest, a beautiful Mm -hmm. lake somewhere. And now I find that those circumstances, those dreams have come true for me because we work hard, and we have purchased a gorgeous Airstream. She is a 27-foot beauty. She's a um, 2014 Serenity. It has the rear bedroom that has the bed that is facing the same direction, the same direction as, as, the tra- as the trailer. Yeah. So you have space on both sides of the bed yeah. as opposed to a 25-foot when they have the uh, bed turned and you have to crawl into the bed so that's why we choose the 27 footer.
1: Yeah so the trailer is new to us but we did buy it used and we got I was really pleased with the buying experience so we bought this from A to Z Motors in Mm -hmm. I think it was Winters Winters, California California. and I believe the gentleman who sold it to us was Vince Cardinal I think is his name. Super buying experience so you know I give a a thumbs up to how that came together for us Mm -hmm. you know that's that location is probably a good what seven hour car ride away from where we live i think we were looking at their inventory because they change so often you know they they go through a lot of used airstream so we were watching their inventory for quite a while and then finally this one came up as well as another one that we were interested in. And we yeah. were able to do a video review for starters. Right. And
0: it, it was difficult because I think in the beginning we were, should we do this? And mm-hmm. there was hesitancy. So I think I said, let's wait. And mm-hmm. at some point, I think I kind of turned to you and said, well, if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? And, and that, for some reason that kickstarted you.
1: This would have been the time to do it because we're not super young. We're not super old. But this is one of those things if we continue to wait, we probably will be a little on the older side. And I guess, you know, some people even...
0: We still have a lot of good years. Yeah, we do.
1: But because we do, we should... If we're going to do this, we should you know, do it when we can enjoy it, so...
0: Yeah, and there's always that thought in the back of your head that if you wait too long, who knows what can happen? So why not just live it now?
1: Yeah. And because we were... of planning for this for quite a while that did actually allow us to save up our nickels and dimes and quarters and lots of dollar bills to uh Mm -hmm. to make this happen so you know we didn't do this on a complete whim we did quite a lot of research a lot of planning so we are now the proud owners of this silver beauty we have cured our Aluminitis—I think they call the uh, what? Di- Yeah, that's what they call <laughs> <laughs> the disease that people have who want the aluminum <laughs> RV. So we we've got that. We purchased the Airstream. I mean, what was it? We picked it up just before the COVID era, and then it took us a few months to actually be able to find an opportunity to use the Airstream.
0: Yeah, well, you kept looking. You kept your eyes out for changes within different states, our state and other states.
1: Well, and and one of the first things, though, that came up was we actually had plans for the summer. So initially we had plans that we made before we acquired the RV, and we we had secured airfare, we had secured lodging, and we were going to spend a couple of weeks or more in Montana, mostly in Glacier National Park, but also exploring that area, And then we learned in the midst of this COVID era that those campgrounds were not going to open up during the time of our planned trip. The actual
0: national park wasn't going to open up. Yeah,
1: so that got canceled. So that was disappointing, as well as another camping trip that we had planned that was planned without the RV.
0: Mm -hmm. So both were planned without an RV in mind.
1: Because we booked everything before we got the RV. So that was the bad news. But the good news was because those trips were no longer booked, now we could look for something else Mm -hmm. and so we kept our eye open for okay when is something going to open up as we live in california we were looking for opportunities in california but just about everything was shut down here and then lo and behold it turned out that a couple of campgrounds in utah opened so the first thing that i saw was bryce national park and usually the way i go about planning some of our vacations is there's a heck of a lot of research that happens on the front end for everything that we're going to do, where we're going to stay, itineraries, etc. The day that I learned that Bryce was opening, I turned to you and said, hey, should we book this? And within probably a half hour, I just grabbed an RV park. Yeah. And then we learned Zion was opening and we did the same thing for that. So this yeah. was about the quickest booking that I've ever done. Right. F- In future episodes, we will take you through what we did in Utah and our experiences in those parks. But we thought we'd start today with just talking through our experience with the maiden voyage of the Airstream. Because just that initial hauling a trailer for the first time, never having done it before, is quite the experience.
0: During the pickup of the Airstream, when we went up to Winters, California, and picked it up from Vince we did have to drive it home so we got a really good quick overview from vince on how to hitch up how to unhitch the trailer itself all the vital things that we needed to know about it we videotaped that yeah, as and we he, were going through it Yeah, and
1: he had us do many of the steps ourselves right too, so, right yeah. but
0: it's a lot it's a lot to remember so it's still a little nerve-wracking as you're driving away mm-hmm. for the first time, having never owned, either one of us, having never owned an RV.
1: And never towed a, a trailer. Anything. <laughs> so our first towing experience was, what, over 400 miles mm-hmm. from Winters, California to our home. Mm-hmm. So that was a little nerve-wracking, but the good news is it went fairly smooth. It did, I think.
0: Yeah, it did. Yeah, I think it was a great learning experience. So we stayed overnight in a truck stop, and we had an interesting experience there. It was a little nerve-wracking because that's not something that is normal for us.
1: Never done that before. Yeah, and although, I, I although really we, didn't
0: know what to expect.
1: Yeah, we have slept on the side of the road before.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, we did. That's another story for another day. With trucks, too. Yes. That part of it, the apprehensions of having something that we didn't know a lot about and all the things that we didn't know that we didn't know. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of wondering, are we doing this right? And praying and hoping we didn't break anything along the way
1: and those apprehensions would i think we would carry those forward into the first real trip
0: yes absolutely absolutely the biggest worry for us would be hitching and unhitching the trailer Mm -hmm. because especially for me and i I believe for you too you worry that this trailer is just going to come off the ball and go off somewhere and roll and you've got a completely destroyed trailer so you, I always worry, is it on the ball? Is it actually hitched and locked onto the ball? And that to me is extremely nerve wracking experience. I'm a little more comfortable with it, but I think it's going to take a little bit longer to feel really comfortable. Then you have the whole hookup process, the full hookup process, where you get to a site and you unhitch. And then you've got to hook the trailer up depending on where your site is and what the site offers. We prefer to have a full hookup site, which would include electric and sewer and water. Mm -hmm. So you go through that process, hoping that you've put the water in the right opening that the the sewer line is on there correctly and it's not going to fall off in some way and cuz that would be horrifying that you've got the right amps for where you're at and what you're using and yeah. I mean there's a lot of different things that you need to know in order to hook up correctly.
1: Yeah, and I think we have both read about and seen enough videos about each one of those parts of the process where things have gone wrong for people. Yeah. yeah. And because we've seen those stories and they're real stories, I think that kind of got our apprehensions about doing some of those things. So among the other apprehensions was the whole sewer hose process. So
0: I let you do that.
1: Yeah, so I've I've now done that a few times, and yes. we have not had any incident, but uh, as you can imagine, that could be a kind of a messy process, so we are well equipped with our gloves.
0: It's very important. I think that if you get too lax with things, yeah. that's when you start making mistakes, and You want to be very careful with sewage. I mean, just that's just the way it is. And you should always have gloves on hand, disposable gloves, Mm -hmm. because you're going to want to remove them and throw them away immediately. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We were at a place recently where we saw our next door neighbor doing the whole sewer thing with no gloves gloves. on. And uh, I don't think I'm ever going to, I will never do that. So the gloves, he was an old timer, though. We'll always be there. Yeah. But we have seen hand, when the sewer connection goes amuck, and the muck goes everywhere. So I don't want to be that, that person. So
0: it wasn't that bad.
1: Okay. <laughs> hey, it wasn't that good, Julie. So, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say it wasn't that bad if it happened to you. So uh,
0: that wouldn't, yeah. no, that wouldn't have freaked me out as much as
1: on your bare something hands. Else. Yeah. A few more apprehensions that we had to deal with. Towing for long distance, not ever doing this before, not sure what that was going to feel like. So this first trip would give us an opportunity to get a feel for how long could we go for and feel comfortable backing up, you know, backing up the trailers, this whole thing that however you normally back up your truck. It turns out to be opposite when you're backing up a trailer. So we actually still have never done the whole backup process. So we will get that opportunity in about a month yeah. at one of our next camping opportunities. But that's another one of those where we've heard stories, even some of our friends. You know, we it's not uncommon to hear people spend... Two hours, three hours, four hours getting the rig properly mm-hmm. backed up. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we're not going to have a multi-hour experience when we get to that. That's why you've been favoring pull-through sites, because you just kind of drive straight through. Well, it's and, a
0: good way to start. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you've got so many other things to think about. I think that that kind of just takes off the tension a little bit about having to do something else that is, it can be very, very anxious-producing Yeah, so we're trying to do
1: like a few steps at a time and and learn what we can. And then I think the last thing that that I had on, on my mind, and I still do, is the quality of tires on a trailer. So while we, I believe, have fairly new tires on our trailer, there are these models that I think are affectionately known as china bombs that don't seem to last too long I believe Michelin makes one of the best reviewed or rated tires for RV so we will likely be replacing ours with some Michelins next year mm-hmm. but you know so far so good we still have the tires you know no blowouts or no uh, problems with those yeah. why don't we talk about how we got ready for the very first RV trip Julie
0: We had been in this process for a while. And as we were ramping this up a little bit, um, one of our friends decided they were going to go to this place called Flying Flags in Buellton. And they invited us along. So we joined in their camper. We drove up separately. But when we got there, we spent the night in their camper at this RV resort. We had that quick experience there in which we experienced a resort-like atmosphere where you had showers and pools and there was a a gift store and there was an ice cream parlor and there was some food available. And so it, it had lots and lots of amenities. So we experienced that and sleeping in an RV, but we were in a bunk. So that was quite a different sleeping experience. Yeah, bunks
1: I would say not the most comfortable.
0: (laughs) No, I'd say the same.
1: Beds are better.
0: So we decided as this process went along to actually sleep in an RV and at this same place they had airstreams permanently set up that you could rent out and vacation in.
1: What we wanted to get a feel for was because the Airstreams don't have any slides, and people kept telling us, so oh, you got to get a, an RV with a slide because you're going to feel too cramped. We thought, hey, if we stayed in an Airstream, that'll give us a flavor for how do we feel in the space? Because mm-hmm. it is not as wide as some of these modern RVs where there's a slide on one side and a slide on the other. Right. And we did that for a weekend and it really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. yeah, we enjoyed that. We also did a lot of researching. Mm-hmm. And we had decided pretty early on, I think that we did not want a slide. And we landed on a lance that had no slide or the airstream. Mm-hmm. And I, we did a lot of back and forth with the lance and the airstream. And I think one day we checked out the Lance just one more time. Yeah,
1: because we were like leaning heavily, towards heavily the Lance.
0: towards the Lance, yeah. and we so we thought let's go check it out one more time. We went to a local RV dealership that had that particular model that, and I forget the model number too.
1: Yeah, but it was but, new in twenty twenty. Yeah,
0: without yeah. a slide, yeah. and we went in there. We checked it out again. We stood in there. And for some reason, I'm standing there in the kitchen particularly, and I was like, this is cramped. This feels really cramped. Like I couldn't move around easily.
1: Yeah. And I think the concern was when we looked at turning the dinette area into a bed, it just looked like other than maybe a small kid, you wouldn't be able to get like an adult comfortably in there. And, And we were interested in a model where we could sleep up to four adults. Yeah. So that gave us some pause.
0: So then it was a matter of okay, now we know the Airstream is what we want. What size? How many feet do we want? Do we want the 25 or do we want the 27? We didn't, we knew we didn't want to go over 27. So we haggled that out. And I think it was finally, I said, I really don't want to crawl over anybody to get in bed. And I think that was kind of the final decision. And the space that it had to sleep four more people was mm-hmm. a big draw for me because yeah. we have grandchildren and their parents and they have my other two sons, and I wanted that opportunity for them to go camping with us if they wanted to. So we went with a 27-footer. Mm-hmm. So we purchase, and then comes the how do we outfit this trailer? What are we going to put in it? What does it need So there was a lot of checklists that we were going through, whether it was some of our own camping checklists that we already had or stuff online. We would go through those checklists and say, you know, this was something that we would use. This is something we wouldn't use. And we kind of narrowed it down to what was needed. Yeah. But most
1: of the outfitting, you did most of that or all of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because after I figured out what we needed, I didn't want to... Overloaded, I wanted to go slow. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of started, like, what are the essentials? What are the absolute essentials that we need? We need bedding. We need towels. We need food. We need proper food storage. Just cleaning supplies. Yeah.
1: And you got for the plates in the kitchen, I don't know what you even call them, but there's these uh, kind of cloth overlays that you lay like in between the plates. So they, I think it minimizes their sliding around when the trailer's yeah, moving. Yeah, because I
0: had been reading, cause I had, I got Cornell dishes, bowls, plates, and they will break, but they're a little bit harder to break. Mm-hmm. So I had read with all the vibrations that you need something between bowls and plates. So there's not, all that vibration won't crack them. Yeah. So I got, they're actually for pots, but they work perfectly for the plates.
1: So among the other things that we also got is you and I went to the local hardware store one day and we outfitted a toolkit. So, you know, there was some tools that we researched that were recommended to have for the trailer just for handling things that likely can happen. So we have, you know, a, a modest toolkit mm-hmm. that, that we put together. You mentioned the checklist. So we kind of developed, I'm going to call it a Frankenstein checklist. So it was a combo of some of our old checklist of items from tent camping days along with a few Airstream checklists we found online. And I think it's still going to take us a few more trips to get that to where it really suits us. Right now it's kind of got a lot of stuff and... Um, yeah,
0: there's so much stuff It it's hard for me to pin anything down. Yeah, I think anymore. it's bigger
1: than it needs to be. So yeah. we're continuing to work on that. What else did we do to get ready? RV apps. So I've got on my iPad and iPhone several I've got the Allstays, Campendium, RV Parky if not a few more and those have been helpful for researching RV parks and places mm-hmm. to stay to at least be able to see reviews of other people who have been there and right. get a sense of you know what's the overall experience are there parking issues are there navigation issues are there you know anything else
0: station yeah
1: things to know about so those have been very helpful and most of those have been available for no cost online a couple of other things that we got that were really helpful is we had a backup camera installed on the back of the trailer And that, for me, has been one of the things that has made just a world of difference in the comfort level when we tow, because I can see what's behind us, and mainly for when we're going to change lanes, because without that, you're only relying on the towing mirrors, and I find like when I'm driving, I kind of can see okay like on the driver's side, but the passenger side, just the mirror alone, a little difficult for me, and so the backup camera makes a huge difference
0: on the pickup of the trailer. When we were driving home, we ended up driving at night Mm -hmm. and I remember having that backup camera. I mean, we were brand new at that too, but that was a lifesaver to just to, to have that visibility behind you helped a lot.
1: We um, did spend quite a bit of time before we picked up the trailer, researching hitches and sway bars. Hensley was one of the models that we were first interested Mm -hmm. in And there was another model called the Blue Ox that was also highly rated. And when we purchased the Airstream from Vince Cardinal at A to Z Motors, he helped us make a final decision on the blue box cuz i guess yeah. with the hensley there's some issues about you've got to kind of land it in just so and just perfectly it's a totally and, and hook up. Yeah. yeah and i think the part of the warning was that if you're ever in an area where you're not level you know where where the truck mm-hmm. isn't quite mm-hmm. level with the trailer the hitching process could be a little bit more difficult so right. at least that was the guidance that we were given we ended up with the blue ox and i've been really pleased with that i really like
0: the blue ox i've heard a lot of good things about the equalizer too so those are that's another option yeah and research. the good
1: yeah the good thing for us is at this point you know we've put i think close to two thousand miles towing mm-hmm. and other than maybe like one time on the freeway i mean i, I can barely ever, ever feel that we're towing something i don't feel sway i don't feel any rocking yeah, so really, are, really really happy nice. with and we have a yeah.
0: very nice tow vehicle but
1: yeah well okay so that's another part of the getting ready part is you know we did also do a lot of research and, and that's the first thing we bought for this whole thing was mm-hmm. the tow vehicle probably what three years ago at mm-hmm, this point mm-hmm. so we had a landed on a ford f-250 diesel Which again, I'm very pleased with how the combination of that truck with this trailer Mm -hmm. is working out because you get in there, you start driving, and at least the driving feel, it just feels like you're just in the truck and you don't really feel anything behind you. So so that's great. you got to remind
0: yourself to look back.
1: And I guess the last thing I'm going to throw out for the getting ready is you and I have spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've thrown up on youtube everything that we had apprehensions about everything that we thought could go wrong we watched a lot of newbie rv what to watch out for this can happen to you long long honeymoon has turned out to be one of our favorites but yeah
0: that's our go-to one
1: so that was a little bit about getting ready and then we ended up going on our first trip so what was what was the first trip like for you
0: I think one of the comments that, I don't know if you made it or I made it, but one of the comments that got thrown out there was, this feels like we're at home. And that's exactly how it felt to me. I felt like it was a a little home for me. When I go to another place, uh, whatever the facility is that I'm staying in, even when it's somebody else's home, you're still not comfortable because... It's not yours. Right. And I remember we were in that beautiful back bed in the, the queen bed that we had. And either you said it or I said it. I said, this feels like home.
1: Yeah. I've been like forever a massive germaphobe when it comes to hotels to the point of, I mean, I, I just sometimes I, I just can't deal with it.
0: Yes, we have our cocoons, our little sleeper cocoons. That yes, we get, I we do. Because some,
1: sometimes, yeah, I've been in some places where I just, I just yeah. don't feel comfortable. So having But
0: travel is that important to us, though. So we, we do a lot of travel. We do a lot yeah. of travel.
1: Yeah. And so now having had the experience for multiple nights of sleeping in our own bed with our own sheets, having our own bathroom, our own stuff. To your point, it just feels Mm -hmm. like it's an extension of our home. Mm -hmm. So that that was really nice.
0: The other thing I like is the fact that we're not having to go out to eat all the time. Mm -hmm. We bring the food with us. We have a beautiful kitchen that is fully equipped with a microwave, a stove, an oven, plenty of counter space. The sink is right there. It's a really nice kitchen. And you could prepare anything you want there, just like you would at home. Mm -hmm. Plus you have the ability, if you choose to, if you want to bring a separate grill or a stove, you know, cook stove, a camping cook, cook stove, you could go outside and you can cook outside. And it just is, you can make things exactly the way you like it. And I tend to have issues with, too much fat content in anything. So for me, it's really sometimes a lifesaver because then I don't have to worry about getting a stomach ache. And so, I mean, it works out really well for me.
1: Yeah, and it turned out to be a big money saver too. So when I think about the Utah trip, which was at least, what, 10 days, something Mm -hmm. like that, right? We only ate out maybe a couple of times, two, three times tops so almost every meal that we had was at the trailer or prepared in the trailer
0: and for us we like that some people might not some people prefer to go out and not have to worry about cooking i do
1: enjoy going out i like to experience restaurants i like to experience new food but
0: not daily though
1: but prior to this, every vacation we've taken, I think about the UK trip, right? We're there for, what, close to three weeks? Every meal we was to, yeah. a restaurant type of a meal. And the longer your vacation is, the more that that adds up, and especially mm-hmm. if you want to experience you know, different types of food and maybe some better quality food, et cetera. We probably, on a trip like that, will spend well over $1,000 just yeah, on food.
0: And I think it's, it's where you're going and what you are choosing to experience in your vacation. That's what it's going to be for you Mm -hmm. going to Europe. I want to experience the different foods in Europe because they're different. Yeah,
1: Guess what? We're never taking this RV to Europe. So we could, (laughs) we're not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. But I think we both agree. I mean, having the option of the kitchen with you with your own food. Yeah. Big plus. So, Learning moments. Let's talk about some of the things that we learned on our newbie RV venture.
0: We learned that we are going to set driving limits because there's a certain point of driving where it's almost like you've had enough. We are going to do no more than four, maybe five hours of driving, or that's approximately 240 to 300 miles. Yeah. And stop. And rest, take a break, and then move on to the next destination.
1: Now, when we drive our car on trips and there's no towing, I mean, you, you and I, we do so many trips where mm-hmm. we might be in the car for seven hours, mm-hmm. eight hours in That's a day. That's about our limit. With yeah, that though. but I think both you and I have determined that when we're towing, it's just much more mentally taxing. You're going slower. You've got to be just. I just feel like I have to be more aware. You do. And I think, again, having about 2000 miles as starters under our belt right now, we get to about that four hour mark and it's like, okay, it's time to stop.
0: Yeah. Another thing I think we've learned is a good way to plan your first trip is to actually go to how to videos, whether it's YouTube or other sources that you may have. They are immensely helpful and you can pick and choose what works for you And make those either, I don't know if you can make a mental list, but we tend to jot things down and make those lists of what you need to do on that first trip and what's going to be helpful to you, what supplies you might need. It's a good source of information.
1: Yeah, I think for us, it was like three months after we bought the Airstream from the time that we took our first trip. So being able to go on YouTube and just watch, okay, one more time, how do you do this whole sewer thing? And how do you do the hitch the truck up to Mm -hmm. the trailer? That was, we're lucky to live in this time where we've got those resources available to us. So we definitely took advantage of that.
0: And also make your own film when you pick up your rig. Take a camera with you, a video camera, whatever works for you, your iPhone. And as the person is going through your rig and showing you all the parts of it and what works with what and how you're supposed to do things, film it yourself. Yeah,
1: because every rig is unique.
0: Yeah. Another thing that I've actually learned from you more, and I think that you're way more involved in this than I am, is to research your route. RVs have certain places that you don't want to take it into because you may have a problem if you take it into a very tight area and you can't turn it. Mm -hmm. And then you're forced to back it up. And that is, especially if you're a newbie, would be very, very difficult to do. Yeah,
1: and some roads, you're going to have bridges that are not tall enough for your rig to pass through. So there's a number of apps out there. RV Life would be one of those where you can plug in where you're starting from, where you're going, and it's going to tell you what's the best route to take. When we did this Utah trip, there was actually, if you just looked at the map, for one of the places we were going to, what would have looked like the shortest way to go, but it turned out that it would not be the optimal route to take mm-hmm. towing what we had. Mm-hmm. So we ended up driving a little bit longer, but it would have been you know, the best choice given how long the truck was yeah. with the trailer, the right. height, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: Be aware if you use Waze or Google Maps or anything like that, They are not going to differentiate between a car and an RV. So you want to use an app that is specifically designed for RV routes.
1: Mm A few other things that we've learned is to go slow. So, you know, when we're towing the trailer, we are driving slower on the freeway than when we're driving our car alone and when we're in we haven't been in very many populated places but a few and again just kind of being mindful of where you are staying in the slow lane and being aware of the surroundings has been something that we've learned about planning ahead for gas stops so there's going to be a number of gas stations where your rig is likely not gonna fit through very well so planning ahead Especially, I think, keeping an eye for truck stops that may be on the route is your best bet. And that turned out to work out well for us. So we've been looking for the, what is it, Flying Jays and Loves, some of the truck Mm -hmm. areas.
0: If you have seen some of the videos or if you even now look for some of the videos of trailers, especially the high fifth wheel trailers Mm -hmm. that have not been aware of clearance in gas stations, and you see video after video of these rigs tearing down these overhangs on gas stations. Yeah, we've seen a few of those. And tearing yeah. your rig apart too.. Yeah.
1: And that will not happen to us, I'm sure. I hope. right. So the other thing with with the fueling is when we have been unhitched, and when I know that we're going to you know hitch up for the next part of a longer journey, is that's when I try to get the truck build up before I'm hitched up so then I don't have to deal with going to a gas station with towing the trailer behind us. So that Mm -hmm. kind of makes things a little bit easier mentally. We've talked about the checklists. Again, those have been helpful for us. We're continuing to refine ours and I have a feeling it's going to take us several more trips Mm -hmm. to land it exactly Mm -hmm. to where we feel good with it. And then I would say careful of how you pack your rig. So we had a learning moment where we had this drawer under our dinette that we put a whole bunch of.
0: Heavy water.
1: Yeah, kind of bottled waters. And
0: some other drinks. That
1: turned out to be heavier than the drawer could handle. So we've got a busted drawer that was our mistake. So that's one of the things that we get to fix now. Yeah, we get to fix
0: that. Now, remember these trailers are not exactly like your home and how your home is built. So they're meant to be lightweight and they use a lot of lightweight material. Mm -hmm. And that lightweight material is, not very strong. So just be aware of that.
1: So even when people have been telling us how the uh, quality is top-notch on the Airstream, even the Airstream has its limits. Yeah. Uh, and we've, we've pushed it to the limits in, in some areas. So that's a little bit about you know how we got into this, some of the things that we've been concerned about as new RV owners, new RV travelers, some of our first learning moments. We mentioned we bought an Airstream and we learned a few fun facts about Airstreams. So NASA, the uh, space entity, they actually used an Airstream to quarantine the first men who came back from the moon. And being afraid that astronauts might have gotten some exotic disease on their travels, NASA placed the crew in a specially outfitted Airstream trailer Until they were convinced there was no risk. And they used the Airstream as this quarantine option from Apollo 11 to Apollo 14. And I believe that Airstream is still available to be visited today in one of the the space museums somewhere. So Airstream has this connection to the Mm -hmm. space program, which is kind of neat.
0: Yes. Also, seven out of 10 Airstream trailers ever manufactured are still roadworthy as of 2006. Which is evident to us as we're driving down the road, whether we are traveling with our trailer or without, the many, many airstreams that we see coming down the highway in the different direction.
1: always catch our eye.
0: Always catch our eye. Yeah. And there's many, many, many of them. Some of them quite old.
1: New ones, old ones. They seem to hold up very well. I'm hoping ours holds up well. So, so far so good. We're going to close out this podcast with a review of the very first campground that we stayed at with our RV. So I think I mentioned that, you know, this first trip was going to take us to Utah and we'll talk about those specifics on some future shows. But before we got to Utah... About once we hit that four to five hour mark from our home, we would be in Las Vegas. And so we selected the Oasis RV Resort in Las Vegas to stay at both on our trip to Utah as well as on our trip Mm -hmm. back home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one, we selected this place because they did have pull through pads. The location was very close to the 15 freeway. The ratings on some of the campground apps were fairly decent, especially compared to some of the other options. So we booked one night in both directions.
0: And this also was before you got into that very congested downtown Las Vegas area you got to the rv park first which avoided us going through that congestion at the mm-hmm. moment
1: so a couple of things that we liked about the oasis rv resort they had lots of pull through sites and in fact both times we stayed there we never unhitched the trailer so mm-hmm. this would just yeah, be very this, long sites. yeah just to stop for us just to sleep uh, overnight mm-hmm. Full hookup options, including cable TV, so that was nice. The uh, price, I thought, was fairly reasonable for a full hookup site. They had a number of amenities, bathroom, showers. There was a store and a cafe, a pool, a restaurant, a fitness center. The Wi-Fi there was fairly decent, was, again, compared to like some other places we've been at. The showers were clean and spacious. They have a ton of spots for RVs. I believe there are like over 700 that they can accommodate. So if you're going through Vegas, you know, it's an option to stay at. And if you want to experience Las Vegas, but in the comfort of your own house on wheels, this place may work out for you. And that said...
0: A few of the cons uh, that we have to relate to you is for that moment that we arrived on the arrival Mm -hmm. side of it, the customer service was a little bit left to be desired. They weren't very warm and friendly and fuzzy.
1: Felt very abrupt and curt.
0: Yeah. And I I don't know if it was just that day or if the COVID thing is just getting on people's nerves. I wasn't sure what it is. So I'm not going to condemn them wholeheartedly. But that particular day was not their best. There's also absolutely no shade. Now you're in desert in Las Vegas, so it can get quite hot. And it did. It did get hot. So you now it does have full hookup so you can hook up your electric and get AC. So that's a that's a plus, but zero, zero shade on any of the spots. There are some spots in a couple of places where there is shade. They are backup spots. If you want to walk anywhere, you're going to find it very difficult because you have to cross the 15 freeway.
1: Yeah. So we we usually so, do like to walk when we get to a place. Yeah. We did spy a restaurant that looked like it was kind of just across the freeway. We thought it would be fairly easy to get to.
0: It was a nightmare. It was. Yeah. It was so, a nightmare to we, get there because you have to cross. Literally, you had to find a way to cross under the overpass, but. They didn't make that easy yeah. and the path that you took was very, very isolated. Yeah. And if anybody knows Las Vegas, you know there's a, a quite a major homeless problem there. And I don't know who these people were, but I wasn't comfortable walking through an area where there were several People just kind of hanging out.
1: Yeah, and later there would have been police there too. Yeah, so yeah. that was a whole ordeal. So I think yeah. you know, our recommendation would be if, you, if, if you're if you in that area, I guess one of the reasons to unhitch would be you'll probably want to take your vehicle to get to someplace if you want to leave the RV park or you call yourself an Uber yeah, or, or yeah. Lyft.
0: Or, or you call your cousin.
1: Yeah, which we did. <laughs> 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 Who happens to live in Vegas. But you can't have his phone number. Yes. <laughs>
0: So overall, our experience at the Oasis was okay. It was good. Yeah. And it was ridiculously fast because we were just there for a quick overnight. We didn't even unhitch.
1: So that was the very first place that we ever stayed with Mm -hmm. our RV, other than the truck stop on on the initial ride home that you mentioned. But yeah, I was expecting the, uh, once we got to the RV park for that, getting set up process to be lengthier than it was, but it was literally, we got out of the truck, we plugged in the electric cable.
0: All we did was electric, because the bathrooms were right there.
1: And we did water.
0: Oh, we did water, that's
1: right. I don't know if we used the water. I
0: don't think we used it.
1: But it was like five minutes, we were were done. So that was was nice. I think we paid $60 a night to stay there for a pull through pad, just for an idea of what that costs like. And you know, those items mentioned, again, this is a, an option for where to stay with an RV when driving through Vegas. So our RV future with coronavirus now amongst us, you know, the word on the street, and I keep reading about this kind of everywhere, it seems that... RVs are becoming more popular with people, you know, less people are gonna be able to do international travel. So we've gotta do things more domestically and what better way to do that than in an RV, especially, Mm -hmm. I guess, again, with COVID, you know, there might be more apprehension people might have going to hotels. So it's just interesting timing that we got this like right before the whole COVID thing started and I think we're gonna end up using the RV probably even more than we planned.
0: Yes, we are using it more than we planned because you can keep yourself relatively close to home in your planning if that's what you choose to do and you have limited time. And it's a nice way if you want to avoid those big crowds. Mm -hmm. You can keep yourself pretty isolated within your own RV and go to places that maybe don't have the high volume of beachgoers and things like that. I mean, we ended up... On one of our trips or recent trips was, you know, we were on the beach and just walking by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So you can find those spots if you look in, uh, enjoy an RV type of vacation.
1: So we thought it would be a a good introduction to some of the upcoming episodes to take you through our newness to this RV life and when we get together next time we'll take you through a number of the places that we visited in Utah Mm -hmm. that'll be several episodes and we already have a number of other places after that booked so um, we hope you join us on the future episodes we'll be traveling to places in the United States and taking you there via our airstream.
0: So we're going to say goodbye for now, and we thank you for joining us at The Places Where We Go. If you have any comments or info to share with us about travel, you can write us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com.
1: You can also follow us on social media. Right now we're on Twitter and Instagram, both at The where we Go.
0: Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.